Hello, and welcome to the michaelcrane.live podcast. The podcast is about entrepreneurship and tips for staying highly motivated to make a positive change in your life. Keep listening and follow the podcast to stay connected with the community at michaelcrane.live. So get comfy and enjoy today's conversation. And today on the michaelcrane.live podcast, I am honored to have a friend of mine called Rav Roberts. We met some time ago. Seems like yesterday. It feels like yesterday, and you haven't aged a day, Rav. So I just want to say thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Thank you. Thank you, Michael. Great to be here. It's truly amazing that you don't always have to meet, speak, or see true friends. But sometimes your paths, actually all times, your paths converge and you come together again. And that is what we're doing today. Yeah, exactly, yeah. My friend Rav, he's a fellow entrepreneur and CEO and co-founder of a pioneering B2C and B2B AI digital health tech startup in London called Pharma Sentinel. The vision for his business is this, to use data and AI to predict, inform, and prevent future health problems. And the mission for him and his company is to empower people globally to take medicines. So what does this mean to us? He has developed a system to use data and ID, AI, to provide people with timely, trusted, personalized medicines and medical condition information, news and alerts. His role in the company is leading the management and defining and executing the overall B2C and B2B strategies including product, positioning, and growth. Well, hello, Rav. How are you today? Yeah, quite a mouthful, that introduction, but thank you very much. I'm doing great, Michael. How are you? I'm doing very well, and it's so good to have you on the podcast. As I mentioned to you when we first started recording today's podcast, Rav, I want to give you the stage that you can tell our listeners exactly more more about you, but what it is you do and why you started up your first business. So tell me where it all began. Well, yeah, before, before I go into that, I just want to say, Michael, today is the best day for, you, for anyone listening to start their business. It's a never been a better time to be a successful entrepreneur, wherever in the world you are, Right. Um, I'm astounded by the amount of help and information that's out there that's completely free. That wasn't the case before, and I'll go into that. I actually used to have a startup in San Francisco before, and these these are much better days right now. It's the perfect time. So if anyone's out there listening, yeah, start your company, right? <laughs> because the world needs 
entrepreneurs and innovators like you. So, you know, getting back to, to, to my journey, um, I, I, first of all, I urge everyone to go and have a look at our award-winning app. It's called Medsi, M-E-D-S-I-I. Uh, you can go to medsi.com or you can download the app on the App Store and Play Store. And yeah, what we do that's different to sites like the NHS or WebMD or any, any of the other startup sites is we use artificial intelligence and data to help you um, with future health problems. So we use that data to predict and then inform you so you can prevent future health problems. So the current user journey is you feel something's wrong with you and then you go and look for information, right? You either go to your doctor if you can get an appointment, you go to Google or you go to Facebook if, you know, if you're really desperate. And there's all sorts of fake news on Facebook and other social media, but people still get that. Um, but the problem with that is, of course, something's already wrong with you, right? <laughs> so we try and completely disrupt that journey. So we tell you how to avoid that happening in the first place. And that's what we're building. We're a UK-based company, but we've got global people involved from uh, Italy, India, Germany, and the USA. So we've got global ambitions. But where did it, where did it all start for me? So I, I think I can go back to my first job working at a company called Fidelity Investments based in Kent near Tunbridge Wells. And we had a great time. I was in my early 20s and lots of other young people about. And um, I was a programmer, database analyst back then, uh, just getting started out. And I was very happy with my life there, you know, go to the pub at lunchtime, go out to have a party in the evening. I think you know what I mean, Michael. I see a smile appearing in your face. And uh, this was, these were the 90s. And it was a great time uh, to be young and uh, much better than during the pandemic, I can tell you. <laughs> right? Um, and I was just thinking, actually, today, because um, I think England are playing Scotland today, right? in the European Championship. And 25 years ago, 96, uh, England were playing Scotland. Uh, and Paul Gascoigne scored that memorable goal, if you remember. <laughs> right? So that seems like yesterday to me anyway. Anyway, so I got the chance after a couple of years at Fidelity to visit my cousin in, who was living in San Jose in Silicon Valley. So I went over there and her husband worked for this uh, quite big global uh consulting, technology consulting company uh, based out of MIT in Massachusetts, uh, Cambridge, Massachusetts. And I knew nothing about technology consulting, right? Uh, but he said, would you like to interview with us? I said, yeah, sure. Although I was extremely happy at Fidelity, right? Um, just because I like the lifestyle, really. Um, so I interviewed with them, he prepared me for the interview. And that, that's the first key, right? Be prepared <laughs> for, for interviews or any presentations. And these days you can be more prepared than ever because all that information is out there on YouTube, Googling, you know, you can get super prepared and make sure you ace that interview. Um, I wasn't super prepared, but I was someone helped me, right? So anyway, I interviewed with them and First question I asked was, um, where do you work? And my answer was Fidelity Investments. Now, I didn't realize at the time, but Fidelity were huge 
in the US and quite small in the UK. So it wasn't a pre- prestigious company to work for in the UK, right? But in the US, it's massive. So that was a huge tick in the box for me. Um, and then the second question was, do you know what a software development life cycle is? I did. Now, I didn't know what it was, even though I was a, a programmer, right? Um, I didn't know because I hadn't been taught. But to prepare for the interview, I was told what it was by my cousin's brother, right? So I, I recited that. And basically, they offered me a job. They doubled my salary. They paid for my flights over to San Francisco. So I said goodbye to my life in the UK. I quit my job at Fidelity, um, sold all my possessions, said goodbye to my girlfriend at the time, and went to live in San Francisco, just like that, right? So I, I took a bit of a risk, but I had you know, a cousin over there, and I stayed with her for a few months. And I went... And, and this kind of brings me on to my second lesson, right? Although I worked at Fidelity and my degree was in economics, right? Um, but I knew nothing about the financial services industry, really. Um, unfortunately, in this country, people are not really taught about finance and how to look after your money. Why that is, I don't know. So that, you know, all the information is out there to learn about that. So I urge everyone to learn how to manage your own personal finances as best as you can. Um, and a very good book I read was Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. So, you know, if you've, if you've got the chance, read that. Anyway, so my first client was in just outside Seattle in this quite sleepy town called Tacoma, which was half a Navy base and half a, a paper mill. But there was a small company there that was a financial services company and they sent me up there with some other uh, team members to try and solve their Y2K problem. So this was in 98, right? And I didn't know anything about the Y2K problem, right? I didn't know what this client did. So I used to go to meetings and I was completely silent because I didn't understand anything. And eventually I got so embarrassed. This is after about two or three weeks. I didn't ask any of my team members what, you know, what was going on, but I went to one of the client people. I said, can you tell me what your business does? Because I don't understand. <laughs> right? And she did. All right. That was a brave move. Yeah, I know it was a brave move. But I, I take those sort of risks, right? You've got to ask if you don't understand or at least try and figure out what's going on. So um, I, I I asked and, you know, they, they were very happy to tell me. People generally are like to be helpful, you know. So if you ask them, um, they will help you. So never be afraid to ask um, and, you know, communicate with people. So anyway, I did that and, you know, things were going really well. I went back to to the Bay Area, Silicon Valley. I got a flat in San Francisco, got my convertible car. Every, everything was going well. But then I noticed all the people around me were leaving to join startups this was the this was the dot com boom, and I was right in the middle of it. The first technology, well, the first real big technology boom in the late nineties, which started in San Francisco, right? So I actually started my own company um, with a couple of other people from where I um, where I worked. We we all left our jobs, started this company, took huge pay cuts, as you said. Um, it's all about that initially about that self sacrifice. So, you know, um, I was pretty young back then, so I was able to take those risks. 
And um, but that doesn't mean you can't take them later, which I'll get on to. So anyway, what I we, we set up the company and what it what the company did was it they were called Adver Games, and these were games that were also advertisements. And the reason we did that is for the first time in history, we could tell when people were looking at ads on the internet or anywhere, right? So we had banner ads on the internet. Um, and for the first time, we could tell whether people are clicking on them or not. And that was the first direct feedback we had on ads. If you think about magazine ads, you don't really know if people are looking at your ad. You know, you know what the circulation of the magazine is, but are they looking at your ad? Same with radio and TV. You're not actually sure if they're watching your ad or listening to it. But now with the internet and banner ads, you could tell people not only were they not clicking on it, they were not, they were completely avoiding looking at your ad. So our ads were actually interactive games where you could play games and win prizes. So we had clients like the BBC who gave away trips to the UK, um, and uh, Sony, Philips, Samsung, um, Disney, you know, big name clients paying money for these games. Everything was going well. And this is another mistake, right? Um, a couple of mistakes. So because you because everything's going well and you're young, you think you're invincible, um, but you're not. And also the, the other mistake was um, because things were going well, um, I kind of got a bit lazy, right? I didn't get as involved in the company as I should have been, although I was a co-founder and, and part of this, you know, C-level team. Um, I didn't really get involved in the strategy and what was going on. I didn't really understand strategy back then uh, and what to do and go to market and market penetration and, and all that sort of thing. I, di- I didn't understand it. Um, I could have read about it and got to understand it, but I didn't bother, right? Um, because I thought someone else is doing that. But if you're part of the founding team, it's your job to know what's going on and to prepare for the next steps. And there's no excuse now because all that information is out there. How many partners did you have? So, yeah, we had a CTO. Um, I was uh, a CTO, great guy, um, a chief design person, uh, and the CEO who went to Stanford. Okay, so really high quality team from New York and San Francisco. Why did you go on it on your own? Well, you can start companies by yourself, but really these days, um, especially in a tech startup, you do need at least a technology person if you're not the technology person. uh, And you need someone that knows about business, raising money, someone that's well connected, um, so you need at least two, perhaps three people. We had a really good combination of people there. But you became quite complacent. Exactly. And made some mistakes. Well, yeah. I th- so how would you not make the same mistakes again? Yeah, right. So I'll come on to that because I kept making mistakes. But what happened was uh, the dot-com crash happened, right? September the 11th, Silicon Valley, San Francisco was devastated in terms of business. You had people with MBAs from Stanford, Harvard, and Berkeley who couldn't get a job. It was amazing. This is in the early 2000s. So our company, we decided to wind it up. Um, We gave some of the money back to the investors, and um, 
we I went back to the UK wondering what to do. And I'd lost quite, quite a bit of money, right? I actually came back to, from the US after six years in debt. <laughs> okay. So I hadn't made any money overall, but I'd got lots of knowledge. Why did you not make money? Is that another mistake? Well, not really, because when you're in, the, the reason I didn't make any money is it all went into the business. Okay. And when the business uh, collapsed because of September the 11th and the dot-com crash, um, I didn't have that much coming back to me. And also, I didn't actually get paid a proper salary um, for about two and a half years. Now, if you think about it, I was, uh, you know, quite, I, I was a technology consultant in San Francisco. So I was on probably at the time a pretty good salary of about $90,000 a year at, at that company. Um, this is in the late 90s. When I started working for my startup, that went right down to probably about 30000 or $25,000 a year. Uh, and, and for the last year, I wasn't getting paid anything. So, of course, you're going to run up debts, right, um, in, in that situation. But that's what you've got to – that's the sort of sacrifice you've got to make, really, in, in a startup. Um, you've got to be prepared for that. Um, but now I know a lot better. So I'll, I'll come on to how, how I know better, right? Um, I came back to the UK and one of my, um, mentors in the, in the US who'd actually got his MBA from, was it Stanford or Harvard? I can't remember. One of the two big ones. He said, Rav, what you're really lacking is business knowledge, right? Um, you don't know really how to execute, um, the whole business strategy, what you need to do and all the different functions. You don't know much about sales. You don't know about marketing. You don't know about operations. Um, you know a bit about IT, but you don't know about all these core functions. So, you, so you've got to learn about that. Sorry, you're going to ask. But that's why you had, that's why you had partners. Yeah, exactly. Though, but when you have partners, as I said, I was complacent. So I let them get on with it, with their bits, without really understanding what they're doing. But there's no excuse for that now. You need to understand, at least have a basic knowledge, and all of that information is on YouTube and Google, right? Or even better, Twitter. There's all these great um, people you can follow, and, yeah, I'm very happy to tell you who I follow. Most of them are in the USA in San Francisco, uh, small VCs with great uh, part. They were ex-tech founders who exited their companies, got, got some money, and started their own venture capital and they tell you so much information that I'm just absorbing now. I'm learning more each day than I've ever learned in my past. And I started working in over 25 years ago. So anyway, I came back to the UK, did an executive MBA at CAS. I was actually running the Entrepreneurs Network there. And I think that's when I met you at one of their events, right? It was. <laughs> was it back? It was over 10 years ago, right? I'm pretty sure. Oh, uh, yeah. much over 10 yeah. years. So um, anyway, after that, uh, I went into consulting again um, with Accenture Management Consulting and Capgemini. And of course, you get paid really well. You're traveling uh, and doing some things for some big clients. Um, I was lucky enough to work for companies, uh, some of the big law firms in the city, um, RBS, Royal Bank of Scotland and, uh, let me think, Morrison's, um, Unilever, you know, really, really big companies doing some fantastic uh, projects and programs with them where, where I managed big teams, right? Um, but all the time I'm thinking I want to 
I want to be an entrepreneur. This isn't my life, really. Um, and so I started another company in 2016 with current our current CTO, who we met on the MBA. Um, so we know we knew each other very well. He's Italian, and it was his idea. It was an Internet of Things company, um, and we actually sold that after a year and a half to another company, and uh, we made a little bit of money. Um, but really, the reason we sold it was because we wanted to do other things. So anyway, it came, and this is another great point, networking, very important. I met you through networking, Michael, right? Um, so many networks out there, even virtual ones these days, right? You don't have to meet in person. But I was at a networking event, and I bumped into uh, another MBA guy that I knew, uh, from 15 years ago, and Paolo was there, and we came up with the idea for Medzi. Um, and it took us about a year to figure out what's going on and what we should be doing. And I actually quit my job after a year and decided to go into this full time. And we raised, we've just, uh, we launched about six months ago. We've got about 20,000 users globally. Um, we're doing really well. We've raised $300,000, most of it from people outside the UK, and um, we're now raising our seed round of about $1.1 million or £800,000. But what I would say that's different is I'm the CEO now. I've got a very good idea and really deep interest and personal investment in what's going on all around the company. That doesn't mean I'm a technologist, right? Although I started off as a programmer, I'm not good enough to be the kind of technologist that our CTO is. We've got experts in every position. So whether that's Android, iOS, web app, backend, the whole infrastructure, cloud environment, we've got experts doing all that. And you need those experts. And you, it's almost impossible to be an expert at everything, right? <laughs> it is pretty impossible. Um, but not only that, it's the whole structuring of the business, raising capital, knowing about term sheets. Term sheets uh, are what you have when you discuss and agree investment with uh, external people, whether they're angel investors or venture capitalists, right? They send you a sheet of paper with the terms that they're going to invest in your company. And you have to understand everything about that, right? And you might think it's all gibberish when you look at it, you know, preferred stock, and also liquidation preferences and all that sort of thing. But it's actually very easy if you read about it. They make it sound difficult and, you know, very complex, but anyone can understand that if they spend a little bit of time Googling and having a look and look, watching the videos on YouTube and following some VCs on Twitter. So nothing is out of reach. And that was the mistake I'd made before. I thought, oh, it's for someone else to worry about term sheets, right? But no, it's for you to worry about. Even the other co-founders are worried about that. I wouldn't say they're worried. They know about it. So we all help each other in all these critical decisions. I would say you can't be in charge of everything, Rav, because yeah. there's only 24 hours <laughs> in any uh, one absolutely. day. Absolutely. I really want to ask you more about what your company does. And I know a little bit about what you do because we've had a few conversations about it yeah however what i'm really interested in 
is how you went from idea, concept, to reality. Okay, right. So we actually, our initial idea is nowhere near where what the reality is today. So we've done what we've what, what's known as pivoted um, quite a bit since we initially had the idea. And so uh, the initial idea was, well, people do not report side effects, okay, um, of the medicines that they take. Now, I take medicines I, because I'm diabetic, and, um, and that's important for later. Um, not only am I diabetic, uh, but because I have diabetes, um, and I got that about 17 years ago, um, I actually developed what are known as linked conditions or co- comorbidities, which is very common. And that's because most of these chronic conditions, and a chronic condition is something that doesn't go away. It's not like a headache, right, um, or a cold. It get It's with you and it stays with you forever, pretty much, and you have to take medicines forever as well. And these conditions have these linked conditions, comorbidities. Uh, for me, it's like high cholesterol, um, uh, poor, well, not poor, but actual eye disease, uh, dege- degenerative eye disease that gets worse over time. Now, I didn't know I was going... Is that from diabetes? Yes, exactly. Is that from yeah. the drugs that you Yeah, take? yeah. It, it, it's basically from diabetes uh, and the, the raised sugar levels um, that... Um, actually cause damage in your eyes and lead to high cholesterol, okay? Um, and this is important for the direction the company's going in now. But at, at the start, um, we realised there were about a billion prescription med- uh, medicines um, every year, and there's only 17,000 side effects reported in the UK. So that's a billion in the UK alone. Huge, much huger numbers in the US and globally, it's just astonishing. Um, and in the UK alone, about half the people in the UK, 29 million people or more now, this is a few years ago, have a chronic condition for which they take repeat medi- uh, medicines. We didn't realise it was so big. And it's actually 60% of women in their 50s. So it's not just for elderly people. Um and 50% of men, over 50% of men in their 50s as well. So we realised, you know, we're onto something here. And if you think about it, 17,000 side effects reported um, with 40,000 GPs, that's less than one per GP per year being reported. It's really poor. And why is this important? Because, first of all, um, there are lots of side effects that are uh, that happen when you take drugs, but if you don't, if they're not being reported, this means the drug companies are not addressing what could be quite uh, severe or important side effects of their medicine. People are also mixing medicines with other things, maybe food or drink um, that cause interactions, or even um, supplements like vitamins, minerals, that sort of thing, uh, which also cause reactions and. The drug companies do not know about these. When you think about the clinical trials that happen before a drug is released, it's to a very limited audience, um, maybe a couple of thousand people, but that's at the high end. Sometimes it's only a few hundred, okay? Um, and they can't cover ev- everyone. They certainly very rarely cover pregnant women and children, for example, 
Okay, um, they they very rarely cover a good cross section of um, people from different ethnicities or geographies, for example. Um, and this is important because diet can influence what happens with your side effect. So we thought, well, we're onto something here. Um, and the second reason is we thought we were onto something is because that data is monetizable. The drug companies, if you've got good quality side effect data um, and what's called real well real world data from patients, um, if you anonymize it properly, you know, under GDPR, the drug companies will buy that data from you. So you can monetize it. So that's why we thought it was a great idea. Um, but the more we thought about it, the more we realized, well, why would people give you that information? What's in it for them? Uh, and that's where our big pivot happened uh, about a year ago, where we decided we, instead of just getting information from people, we're going to provide them with value. So you can now, now what, what, what we did, what we developed and what we've launched on Medzi, M-E-D-S-E-I-I, uh, is a, uh, a platform and an app where you can very easily follow different medicines that maybe you're taking or, or your child or your parents are taking, different conditions like women's health, men's health, children's health, mental health, for example, um, or uh, topics such as clinical trials. So I, I'm diabetic for 17 years. No one has ever told me about a clinical trial that I could participate in. If you've got a child uh, with a condition, you'd be really interested in at least knowing about it. Um, so we not only publish that information on our platform, we do two things that's unique, right? We publish it in very easy to read and understand small chunks of information. Uh, it's highly accurate. So we've got a team of medical writers, so um, highly accurate information, but you don't have to read through a page of technical mumbo jumbo to understand what's going on. It's a, it's a very short paragraph, perfect for mobile phones and perfect for busy people these days who don't have time to, to read and understand. And the second thing that we do that's different is we push that information uh, through push notifications to you. So if you've registered for alerts on a, a particular subject or condition or topic, we push that to you so you get to know about it as soon as possible. That means, unlike the current user journey, you personally don't need to go to Google every day and search for something or go to Facebook and ask a question. We deliver that information to you in really easy to understand chunks. But we're just getting started, right? Uh, we're using artificial intelligence to tell you about, for example, linked conditions or comorbidities. So if you're diabetic, as I was, we'll tell you, well, it's highly likely, Rav, that you're going to suffer from this in the future and that. And this is what you can do to try and minimise that the impact of that happening or actually uh, have a longer time before it happens, right? If I'd known about that 15 years ago, I would not, I might not have uh, high cholesterol now because I've taken steps to avoid it, right? But I, I didn't know, right? And I got that, that high cholesterol problem. Same with my eye disease. And there's hundreds of millions of people like me all over the world. And we're, we're there to help these people. 
Today's show has been sponsored by www.teameasycrane.co.uk. We help you build your business and grow recurring profits. Thank you so much for listening and don't forget to hit the subscribe button. So how, how, how has it gone from idea to actual reality? Right. From the time that you were sitting there working this out thinking this would be a great idea. And by the way, I think it's a great idea and I can see exactly where you're taking this. And to be honest, I wasn't staggered to hear 17,000 out of 1 billion people who don't know the side, side effects. Why would you? It's a new exactly, thing. Yeah. The drug makers want to push these drugs on you, but really the truth is not there. I'm not saying the drug companies are telling us lies, but how does a startup business create so much intelligence? I guess it's because you're using artificial intelligence, but I don't know how artificial intelligence is giving you all the nuggets of information to inform people about these conditions. So I'm really curious how you went from thought, idea, to reality and implement AI at the same time, because this sounds like a mammoth task. Well, it isn't really a mammoth task because we've done this with a very small team. But what I have to say is it's probably we're very lucky. We've got some experienced people. So the three co-founders have about 25 years experience and deep knowledge of their own sort of uh, bits uh, that really come together to help the company thrive. So we're very lucky. But the artificial intelligence, just to give you a small example um, of how that works. So, you know, when you go to Amazon and you're looking at a product, it has similar products underneath, right? Or, you know, with Netflix, um, if you're watching a type of program, they say, well, you're watching this and other people who have watched this also like that. Or Spotify does the same thing with music, right? Um, So part of our AI is we see what other people are also following or liking or sharing that have or um, following your condition that you're following. And then we tell you, well, this is what other people are following and you might be interested in following that. So if you've got diabetes, you might be interested in... Uh, eye disease as a linked condition or high cholesterol and that's just diabetes I mean there's there's loads of these hundreds thousands of these comorbidities um, and linked things or if because you have diabetes you're probably interested in nutrition right to help you manage your blood sugar and lead a healthier life in fact everyone needs to lead a healthier life so that's how our AI has started but we're going to develop that further by getting more data in. So data on, for example, diets, right? Certain diets can lead, definitely Western diets can lead to diabetes, high high cholesterol, high body mass index, and all all that sort of thing, obesity, right? Um, Diets, even pollution. um, So if you live in a city, you're more likely to have asthma, for example, or even have uh, children that have asthma. Um, so we can we can get all that data in and start delivering personalized information that's easy to understand for everyone. So you don't need to be 
um, a scientist with a degree to understand what's going on. We're, we're delivering this for the masses. But how, how did we make it all come together? So what we, what we did was um, we decided what we wanted to do. We then designed, you know, very simple designs of what we wanted to do and ran it by some, you know, a few people. Um, so this is very important to get user feedback and we're continue, continually getting user feedback and acting on it where appropriate. Um, so get user feedback on your, what you want to do. Um, and then what we realized we needed to do was we wanted to develop some apps. Okay. And of course we want to do an Android app and an iOS app. That means at least you've got to have developers that know about those two things. We need a back end. So that means a database, an admin panel to uh, administer the database. Um, so we needed to get someone to do that for us as well. Um, we needed APIs and everyone needs APIs. And what these are uh, automatic programmable interfaces, I think, something like that. Um, and they send information from one part of your system to another part or from an external system into your database. Right. So we developed all of those. Uh, and you need to actually know about, about that when you start a tech company. Right. It's no good starting a tech company and then finding out later. So you need to have that knowledge. It's like you need to know what you need to do before you do it. Even if you don't know how to do it. If I don't know how to program uh, or build an Android app but I know all the steps you need to take to do that. I, I also know, very important in all these projects, what's known as the critical path. And the critical path is, does something need to be done before the next step? If it does, it's on the critical path. It's called a dependency. So you can't actually start the next step before you've done that. Okay. So a typical thing is you can't go live before you've tested your app. Um, and you can't go live before Apple have said you can go live. <laughs> okay. so, well, that's common sense. It is common sense, yeah. But people, you, you'll see people, they're trying to cut corners and they come, you know, they come so far and down, down the sort of path and then they realize, oh, I have to go back and do this before I do that. And so they have to stop the project, the whole team is basically sat there doing nothing. And it's not just startups that do that. Big businesses, you know, billion-dollar global businesses do this all the time. They don't manage the critical path. So in terms of technology, we had, of course, we needed a great design uh, person, and we got that because we wanted everything to be as user-centric and well-designed and intuitive as possible. And that's what we won the Webby Award for. Webby is a San Francisco-based uh, awards. It's like the Oscars for the internet and apps. And we're so fortunate, six months after launching, to win one of these awards, right, in health and, and fitness. So we're very proud of that. But that's because of all the uh, the focus we had and the expertise we had in key areas. We also realised we needed to raise money. So we worked out in our business plan. We had a financial model. This is what we want to do. This is what we want to spend. And the key activities, right, build the technology, um, which includes the artificial intelligence, marketing and PR and business development, okay, and content for our app. And actually, uh, we've just made another pivot. 
in our company, very exciting one, where we're going to get external creators to publish content in our app. And these are doctors, scientists, pharmacists, um, medical lawyers, even, uh, even retired people who can, if you think about all these people around the world with all that knowledge in their heads, right? They can publish it on our platform and get subscribers paying them money, maybe $5 a month each, right? But if you've got 10,000 subscribers paying $5 a month, you're earning $50,000 a month. Okay. Uh, we take a small cut of that and they get the rest. So, you know, that's what we're going to be launching very soon. Uh, and enabling all these, the great scientists and scientific minds around the world to publish their content. Has your business done much research on the current uh, COVID-19 vaccination? A lot of research, yeah. Uh, a lot of, we've done a lot of research on that topic. Yeah, it's uh, obviously a hot topic. Um, and we launched our company right in the middle of COVID, right? Um, so yeah, we've, we've, we've done and published a lot of uh, information and research. And in fact, uh, not all good news, as you know, right? I think in our app, if you go to our platform yesterday or the day before, we published um, some news about the European Medicines Agency um, warning about the Johnson & Johnson COVID vaccine. Okay. Now, what's interesting there, Michael, is the European Medicines Agency, we're out of Europe, right? So we depend on our own agency, which is called the MHRA. And um, the Europe. European Medicines Agency published this uh, a couple of days ago, and we published it on our platform for everyone to know about. And why do we do that? Well, of course, it's news that everyone should know. But why should people in Europe know about the Johnson & Johnson vaccine being dangerous? Um, and I think it was something something to do with blood. It's on the platform. I'll probably go and have a look. Um, but why should European people know about that? And you and me in the UK or people in the US or people in Africa, India, China, Latin America, why shouldn't they know? So that's why we're publishing this information to democratize medicines data, make it available for everyone for free, right? That's what we're doing. So tell our listeners how they can go and get that research from you. Yeah, right? so all they do is go, they can go to medsy.com. M-E-D-S-I-I.com. They can actually down, download the Medzi app from the App Store or Play Store as well uh, for a better experience. You don't need to register. You can start getting that information immediately for free, right? But if you do register, you've got even better things that you, you've got access to. So you can get those alerts on a medicines and a condition or a topic that you're interested in. And, yeah, let me just have a look. You can search for different medicines or topics um, and you can decide what you're going to follow. Explain what your runway looks like from now on in, Rev, and how you're going to monetize okay. your business. Right. So when you say runway, what do you mean exactly? I mean, you must be at a certain point along the runway. You're obviously going to take off. It sounds like you've already ah, taken right. off. right. Okay. Yeah. Right, yeah. So let me correct something before I go on. It wasn't the Johnson & Johnson vaccine. It's the AstraZeneca COVID-19 vaccine may cause leaky capillaries and swelling. 
Okay, you probably can't see that there. Um, but if you go to our app, it was published uh, on the 15th, which was three days ago. And the European Medicines Agency warns that people with a, his- a history of capillary leak syndrome must not be vaccinated with AstraZeneca's COVID-19 vaccine. Now, the European Medicines Agency said that to everyone in Europe. Why shouldn't people here know about that or anywhere else in the world? So that's what we're doing. We're publishing it for everyone. So what are our plans? Right, we've got very exciting plans. Number one, we're launching in the US next, starting next month. Um, so we've got big plans. One of our key uh, medical advisors in our board of advisors is Dr. Bob Adams. Um, he's a former US Navy SEAL, uh, Marine, uh, very well connected, great guy. And he's helping us launch into the USA starting next month. It's a massive market, of course. Um, and uh, it's also where most of the big pharma and biotech companies are. Um, so, yeah, that's a key market for us. That's uh, an, a huge focus. Number two, we're launching our creator platform. And this is where we get people, scientists, pharmacists, doctors, even medical lawyers. We've got one medical lawyer who's going to write uh, about all his experience, experiences uh, handling medical malpractice lawsuits. Lots of people are going to be interested in that, right? So they can subscribe to him. So we're going to be launching that creator platform uh, in a few months' time. And the third thing, big thing that we're doing is developing our artificial intelligence um, over the next year. So we've got big plans for that. We're working with a team in Italy uh, on that as well, but we own all the IP. So that's those are the plans we've got in the next year alone, uh, and they're big. Um, each one is a big plan, yeah. So tell our listeners once again how they can hear your story and learn how they can find out about ailments regarding drugs. And yeah, just, just go to our website once again um, or follow us on Twitter uh, or LinkedIn, uh, medsi, M-E-D-S-I-I dot com. Download our Medsi app on the App Store and Play Store uh, don't, you don't need to register, just start using the app. We've, we've made it very simple, so you don't have to give us any information. But if you choose to follow medicines, we've got to know who we're going to send the information and alerts to, right? If you want an alert on a clinical trial or a drug that you're taking, we've got to send it to someone, of course. So we need your phone number or email, so you have to register to do that. But we, we don't share your information with anyone uh, we're fully secure and GDPR compliant. And I know that because I used to run GDPR compliance for a very big global company immediately before starting this um, startup, Medsy. And if there was one real good power tip you can leave us with for our entrepreneurs starting out oh. and fellow business owners, what would it I be? know what that is, right? And um, that is... Um, Network and follow the right people on Twitter, especially. Okay. Um, I can name you a few of them. It's probably quite, quite difficult to understand. One of the, one of the best ones is this, uh, woman in San Francisco venture capitalist called Elizabeth Yin. That's Y-I-N. Her Twitter handle is Dunk Hippo. Um, with a couple of numbers after it, but have a look for 
uh, Elizabeth Yin. And if you follow her, you'll find other great people to follow as well. Um, Lolita uh, Taub, T-A-U-B. And what these people do is they publish information that's all the time, every day that helps your startup. And not only that, they put you in, they give you links. They are investors and they link you with other investors who could invest in your company and help your startup grow. So not only are you learning from all these people that know what they're talking about, but you can actually get money for your business as well. Um, so it's never been a better time for your listeners to start a company and go big, right? All of, all of the power is there. It's never been there like it is now. Michael, I'm telling you, um, it's a brilliant time for entrepreneurs, um, especially for us lucky enough to be in the UK, right? And I think, you know, the next decade is going to be amazing. I think you're going to see all this talent coming out and starting companies, using all that information out there, which is completely free. You don't have to pay for that information. Um, and it's much better than you learn at school or university. I can tell you that. <laughs> okay. I just want to say thank you so much for your energy, your passion, and your level of sharing the do's, the don'ts, about your business to power up our fellow entrepreneurs right here in the UK. Thank you, well, Thank you. Thank you, Michael. It's, it's been great. It was great meeting you all those years ago in the 2000s and knowing you over all this time. It feels like yesterday we met. And like you say, good friends. Um, it's like you've never lost touch, really. So, you know, it's great knowing you and thank you very much. Thank you for listening to the show. If you have a business story to share, please reach out and contact us on michael at michaelcrane.live. To hear more stories from entrepreneurs and business leaders, make sure you hit the subscribe button on iTunes and Spotify so you never miss an episode. We look forward to having you back for our next podcast show. Thank you. Today's show has been sponsored by www.teameasycrane.co.uk. We help you build your business and grow recurring profits. Thank you so much for listening, and don't forget to hit the subscribe button. Thank you.